To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. Uh, okay, you know, on, on that note, let's move on to the next character. Jane Cobb is played by Adam Baldwin. Can, can I have of, a, of, uh, well, okay, what do you want? Yeah, to I want to say, I want to say, I have a, I have a quick, uh, uh, you know, something I want to say about Adam Baldwin. Okay. First time I saw Adam Baldwin, there are two early memories that I have about Adam Baldwin. <laughs> well, we all know what one of them are going to be. DC Cab. <laughs> NBC made for TV movie, uh, uh, was called, um, Poison Ivy. Whoa, really? That see, I dude, was, he was the villain. I know to see, Michael J. Fox. I thought you were uh, gonna go with my bodyguard. No, 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 no. Really? Because no. that's an HBO movie, dude. That I know, I, that, I know, and I think that definitely precedes that uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah, but Poison Ivy was very much like that's just because the Michael J. Fox, connection. the Michael J. Fox connection, and it's him like yelling at cam- like young campers, <laughs> color wars. We're gonna kill. <laughs> we're gonna win color wars. <laughs> But that's besides the point. <laughs> yes, uh, Adam Baldwin. You know, um, another a lot of these, like a lot of these actors, character actors, have been kicking around mm-hmm. for years in many, many different things. Not necessarily had ever attained stardom, but had gotten steady, regular work. And you know, Baldwin's a big sob. I mean, he he just has that look. Of a you goop. mean in real life too? But that we're not going to get into that. Well, no, no. But you know, he, in, yes, in real life, he is a big, he's a he's a big, he's, he's a, a big guy. He's a big guy. He's a big guy, and he has that look. He definitely has that look of someone who, you know, you'd think has some sort of underworld connection. But the hero of uh, of Jane's of Janestown, of Janestown, and uh, you know, is is in you know, um, for all intents and purposes, he's a kitten underneath. I don't know if that's necessarily so, but there is necessarily like we talked about. A kitten on the, with this. A kitten with Vera. With Vera. <laughs> uh, Jane is a character <laughs> who obviously is a heartless son of a bitch. Yeah. But he sends all his money home to his mom. Mm. You know what I mean? And he he does have, like I said, he we know that he's set up as this character who is going to be a foil for Mal. And Mal's decisions, and is throughout the series and the movie, the person who is the most rebellious against Mal, who is the one who will disagree with him openly, and doesn't have a problem with 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 telling you know tell him I think you're full of shit or you know, why'd you do this anyway? He's very why are you much, making this decision? He's very much a def- the definition of the merc. Right? Yes, and he, yet, the only way he'll go into that territory <laughs> is like they're whores. I'm in. I'm in. You know, that's the only way he'll <laughs> go whores, Mal. into in. that fight. <laughs> Like he, he uh, well, you know, there's that scene in Serenity where I think we get a really good sense of, of of his heartlessness, but also the limits of his heartlessness, where he's not necessarily, I, he's an sob, but he's not. It's more cold. It's not that he gets off on violence per se. He talks to Kaylee when he says, you know, Shepard Book says the Reavers was just people that saw the edge of space and. You know, lost it all, and now they kill for fun. And he goes on about his own personal philosophy of, like, you know, it's like hell. I'll kill a man, well, but if I'm being paid, or if there's a woman, <laughs> we'll see. Or, you know, or if he, or 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 if, uh, or if I think he's going to start a fight, or if I think he's going to start a fair fight. 
<laughs> mostly when I'm being paid. You know, I mean, like he he's not a guy that's like he's not a serial killer. No, but he's you not, know, he's not. He's, he he's very much the opposite of where Inar is, if not one of the, the most refined character on this. He's the opposite. Yes, he's the, polar he's the opposite. most gutter trash. He's, yeah, the gutter trash, trash, yeah. trash, and not particularly bright either. Right. I think that Jane is a lot brighter than he lets on. <laughs> I really of course, do because they're I think I think, I don't think Jane necessarily like there's that whole scene in the first episode where he's interrogating the federal agent guy. Mm-hmm. And he goes this whole thing is like he's like, "Well, what do they know? They know they know everything. They know they know how many nose hairs you have." And he's like, "Ah, oh, come on now, Lawrence. I know they don't know a damn thing now." <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, I mean, he's, you know, and then there is that whole thing where he's he's heartless, he's ruthless. He is the character who w- was most likely to sell them out. But in that one episode of Ari- Ariel, where they go to Ariel and they, you know, they get the drugs and everything. And Mal realizes, he knows, he's like, no, you sold us out, that's it, I can't have this on my ship anymore. And he's about to blow him out the airlock. What is it that changes his mind? In my opinion, I think Mal was willing to kill him. I think Mal was like... No, this is too much. I can't have you put any of these people at risk because you're you got to be mercurial about things. It's that Jane tells you know he wants he doesn't want them to think that he did that. That he has some connection with these people enough that he tells Mal, just just don't tell him what I did. I don't want them to think that I you know I knew I knew it was a shitty thing. I don't want them to well, have that. Be by I don't my disagree last you in that particular scene. However, I think that's more of an alpha dog scenario where it's like. Like, where it's Mal having to reestablish, I'm I'm the. I'm, I know that you don't ever fuck with me again. Right. Don't ever do anything I this say. This is my me. ship. This is my ship. I think it's some of that, but I also again, there's something about the fact that it's Jane's. Like don't, don't, don't let that be their last thought that I betrayed everybody. Mm. Somehow the, some, the uh, image some of level his he cares there, about right. that. Somehow the image of that is important to him. Okay. So now 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 Anna, your your take on your take on Jane. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that <clears throat> I think that he's probably one of the more complex characters, to be quite honest with you. I think pretty much everybody else is pretty cut clear and, 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 and you know, you kind of know where people stand. I think Jane is one of the people that are complex in the series where he's dumb, but he makes really smart comments. He's a mercenary, <laughs> but he doesn't, you know, betray you each time. He tries to make money, but when it comes to seeing that it's a bad decision, he, he comes back on it. He's one of those people that has two very, very diametrically opposed po- polar senses to him. And I, and I feel that he's rich. And I think that Alec Baldwin paid him really, really well in, in the sense that he, he plays a lot with this idea of, you know, where exactly am I situated? Because everybody else is pretty much defined. You know, Kaylee is defined. Shepard Book is defined. <laughs> you know, even Mal is defined. Zoe is definitely defined. Right. You yeah, know, even, even, even in scenes where, 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 um, Jane doesn't speak, like you said, the unpredictability. There is that one episode where, yeah. where Mal is having a knockdown drag out fight in the halls and they cut to yeah, Jane yeah. and you think, oh, Jane's going to get involved and it's like, what's Jane going to do? And he just like and grabs and his blanket and he goes back yeah. to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's... <laughs> That's a, I mean, that just shows you again, like you said, that we knew the character was unpredictable and could add that into any given situation. When he when he confronts when he confronts um, uh, Mal about Saffron, 
And he, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, yep. I don't think you've been taking me seriously. And that's a commercial break thing, too, because you can see the break in it where it's like, he, yep. boom, he comes to Mal, it cuts to commercial, because, oh, this is this going to be a confrontation? And instead of confrontation, He's offering his it's, rifle. A barter. it's a barter. He wants his, like, his, like yeah. here's Vera, here's my favorite gun, you know, like, you can. Well, she has a name. So does she. <laughs> I call her Vera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, 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 John, what, you, what, 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 are, what are your memories of, of, of Jane Cobb, your, your, your take on the character? I agree. To Mars! <laughs> you hear that? You hear that exasperation in my voice? This is this is every week with John. I, I just can't. You know, he's such a good actor. I didn't know. I couldn't believe it was Alec Baldwin. You, you, need, you need to ask John <laughs> stop, first. Stop! 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 I wasn't going to correct our guest. Okay? Yes, it's Adam Baldwin, not Alec Baldwin. It was a small thing, John. Get off your high horse. What? I wasn't. <laughs> And of course, uh, next on the program on NPR is uh, you'll be joined with me. You, 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 you gotta, you gotta put John on the spot and ask him the question first. That way, the rest of us can agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, I see on your list there you have Kaylee Winnett. Yeah, the next next character, of course, Kaylee Winnett or Kaylee Fry, played by Jewel Stath, um, who, interestingly enough, uh, that character, the engineer of Firefly, was Jewel supposed State? to be was originally supposed to be an Asian woman. And it's just that State came in and so charmed Whedon mm. with her the purity of the character and her, her presentation that he's like, okay, I got to rewrite this thing. I got to make it another character. Uh, Whedon often says that Kaylee is the character that represents truth. That if Kaylee says it on the show, it's yeah, it is absolutely true. Yeah. You know, matter, you know, whether she, you know, whether it's a, a about a situation or a person, and the fact that she is so. Um, so open to everything, so accepting. I mean, you get the feeling that Kaylee not necessarily necessarily has the greatest book learning. I mean, she's obviously technically capable, but she's the one. She's the person that is most open to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why she's used to bring and she has you know, ver- people on board the ship. And she has the the um, a lot of the personal relationships. Her, you see the relationship with her and Inara. It's very sisterly. Yes, that's yes. even when even with summer even with um. um with um river. With river river there's a lot of that oh we're two children on this boat and we're playing like like sisters here mm-hmm. you know until of course like you know yes, yeah. she yeah. talks behind her back and everything like that but <laughs> uh with kaylee i have a uh, like because i i'm i'm a i'm a technocrat of of sorts so is john uh, um um to some extent when she says well when they ask her like how did you come to have these gifts and she says well the i talk to machines and the machines talk to me and it's like for those of us who are very, who are technically inclined we do identify with that how how do we do the things that we do well you know this it's just like little inanimate objects there's a blinking blinking of a light here and a switch over there and yet somehow <laughs> they resonate with us and wait wait ed these these lights they're all blinking out of sequence <laughs> we'll get them to blink in sequence <laughs> Shout out to William Shatner from Airplane <laughs> Two: The Sequel. <laughs> uh, now, now, John, you're you, you know how how do you feel about uh, uh, Kaylee? Yeah, because you are in I you am, are in fact a you're the Kaylee of the, the Kaylee. show. Wait, hold on, you're the Kaylee and the Wash of our show. This is this is very true. It's if you could match those two characters together, it's 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 Kaylee's technical ability and Wash's fashion sense. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, your your take your take on Kaylee, John. I have an appreciation, you know. I 
I run the ship, you know, make sure <laughs> we ran out of hard drive space. I had to delete. No one told me how to do that, you know. But I dragged some files into Are the Are we out of hard drive space? <laughs> Come on, the machine told you to do it. The machine, machine, told you. machine talked to me, and I, uh, <laughs> and I talked back to it. Uh, yeah, uh, Anna, but, you're, 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 uh, you, what do you have to say about Kaylee as a character? I, I love her. I mean, I just want to make sure I'm not making a mistake here. Jewel State is the singer Jewel. We agree on this? No, no. Like <laughs> no, no, not, not, not to say. I always, you always thought that that was, you I thought was that was this, I'm like, oh my God, what happened to your music career? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, uh, Jewel State does not have that one giant fang that's coming out of the one side of her mouth. <laughs> body shaming, you body always shaming. with the body shaming. <laughs> um, now she's, um, River is younger than her, right? Because yes, it's yes, hard yes. to imagine that, that, that uh, Kaylee is not the youngest but in person spirit, in But in spirit, she Kaylee is, does right. bring this she's sort the of, youngest, yeah. she, she's the youngest, she's the, she seems to be the most, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I'm, fragile just starting too. Out, I'm just starting out in life, and, and she's the most, I think she is not only the one, the character that is the character who espouses truth in any given situation, she's also the most honest about everything in any situation as well, not just truth, honest about herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's that whole scene in Serenity, uh, the movie, where... She's like, it ain't been more than nine months if I had anything between my nethers that weren't powered by batteries. And Val's like, I can't know that. <laughs> you know, she's she. You know, when we first meet her, she's just humping with some guy underneath the engine. Yeah, she's humping with the, the engineer that's supposed to be the engineer of the show. Of the, of the, yeah, originally that he had hired. And it's like, yeah. and it's not, she isn't like, she's just like, yeah, I like engines and they got me hot and I'm, this guy's good looking, whatever. And, and she's the one also, like you said, fr- there's a fragility there because... I think because she approaches the world, you know, with such open arms that, you know, no one expects... You no know, one expects the, the farmer's the, the, daughter. Well, no one expects her to... No one expects the world to hurt you back, mm-hmm. especially in a young age. Right. So that... The episode Shindig, where she goes out with, and in that dress that Mal yeah. has to bring her... Yeah. And he, she, we get the Mean Girls little section, you know, where they're like, you know, oh, where'd you get that dress? Oh, well, you know, you really should tell your... Your girl that you know that that you know that she, that she did a horrible job. And meanwhile, to her that that dress represented you know everything, like, everything, that, everything. You know this right. sort luxury. of like this like you said luxury and high class. She thought it would you know would fit in. And and it know, also tells you about that universe again. Like when she bites into she bites the strawberry, she rolls her eyes. Same thing with I think she does the same thing with the with with the fruit at the party. She bites into it. She rolls. Oh yeah, her she's eyes. just all about the food when right. she goes to that. Well, park. it tells you about the scarcity that occurs. Well, at least the scarcity for the people who were on the losing side, the people who were living. Out of oh yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Who are out there? The, the, uh, in the alliance, the core worlds. It seems like a very orderly society. Mm-hmm. There's, they've got high tech medical, you know, uh, 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 you know, technology. Everyone is getting educated. You know. Kaylee, Jane, Mal, they don't seem like they've got a passel of book learning amongst them, if you know what I'm saying. If well, I can, it, if but, I can talk in the patois of the Firefly universe. <laughs> but I was saying about her, like, I, I, to me, she's always represented of the farmer's daughter, right? Uh, the, uh, who's well, that don't a- they find her on, on, like, some bizarre, like, middle of the place, like, there's, like, some hay field all around them when they get out of, like, the shot of the Firefly when the guy who's supposed to be the technician is thrown out. And they open up the back <laughs> door fired. and he walks out. Isn't it like a yellow hayfield? Like I, I think it might be. The, it, it might have been something like that. Yeah, you're right. And you get, and she talks about you know that her technical ability does, isn't coming from manuals 
or a schooling. Yeah. That she she, yeah, she, she had worked to... on things on her father's mm-hmm. um in or whatever her father worked the on. Apprenticeship. Uh and again, Kaylee, of course, is also the character who has uh we have Zoe and Wash. We have the sort of unconsummated romance between uh uh Inara and Mal. And then we get Kaylee and Simon, and I mean, that's an interesting thing because, again, it's an opposites attract thing. Simon is obviously the refined person, highly educated, highly intelligent. When I say that I'm smart. Exactly. So, you know, he goes to the top 3%. <laughs> uh, and yet she is, she again, and maybe- My this, sister puts me to shame. <laughs> yeah, my sister. She is, she is attracted to him. And, you know, it's- there's something about the writing that Whedon did that is one of the few things. I'm not saying false notes are bad, but it is a stre- let's stretch this out sort of thing. Yeah. Rather than like let's get these two kids together, it's every time you think that uh, Kaylee and Simon are going to come to an agreement on something, he says something or does something that you know puts her off in some way were, were or her- makes it awkward or whatever. What were her lines like right in the the final battle uh, with the Reavers on Serenity? What does she say? Like I'd have sex with you. It's like, well, hell, I'm gonna well, live. Hell, I'm gonna live. <laughs> um, uh, Again, I, the honesty of the character. I look at her, and the first thing that comes to me is Marianne from Gilligan's Island. So. Yeah, this, there's this again for the sweetness. See, they don't play up her necessarily her like sexuality or sensuality no. per se, but they are honest that but, she has a sex drive. But don't she, you also find? Don't you also find it honest? Uh, honest, interesting. Uh, how it is that everybody's coupled up? Because if you essentially, if you take Inara with Malcolm, uh, Wash <laughs> with Zoe, you see where I'm going with this, right? Well, well, you I was have about Kaylee, 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 Kaylee with Simon, Kaylee with Simon, Kaylee with yeah. Simon, and who are you left with? You've got Summer and Jane. Well, actually, I think the couple there is is Shepard Book and Jane. But we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. I think that that's the couple. Actually, that, I'll that get might not be a bad one. I, I, I actually do think true. that that's that's that is a possibility as as it. Uh, well, as it at the Abbey, <laughs> oh, things were quite different oh, at the Abbey. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So we, since we touched on him, let's talk about Simon Tam. Um, I played hmm. by Sean Mayer. Now it is interesting that I said that again. The real departure point in terms of these characters' lives and how the story all go- is their meeting of Simon and River. Mm-hmm. This is the key, key thing. When we first see Simon, they kind of style him very mysterious, almost he's dangerous. He got a dangerous air in the first episode of Serenity. You see, they're trying to make it seem like it's very dangerous. So he's the dangerous guy. He's bringing something he looks on board. Pretty- creepy i'm sorry yeah they give him that those uh, those glasses with the mirror uh, the the, the lenses when they slick his hair back in the beginning of serenity he's just like Like wait he totally fits in into the evil alliance as soon as he gets his hair slicked back (laughs) and i think that's the idea he is a product of the alliance culture Mm -hmm. highly educated has comes from comes from means comes from means uh is a person whose life was planned you know what i mean going back when we see the when we see the um a flashback to him and Summer as uh, uh, him and River as, as children. It is the idea that I'm studying very hard. His father, you know, is like you will, you know, you will. He says I will give you internet access and you will be a great doctor. <laughs> and basically, is what he says. It basically is like you know you will have, you will have great internet access and you will make me yourself a, a great doctor. And he's the character that sacrifices all that um, because his love for his sister and her uniqueness is so great. And, you know, that is Simon's cross to bear. Why? And also maybe the issue between him and Kaylee that he can't ever truly commit to that is because he 
has taken it upon himself to be the protector of his sister when no one else is is stepping up in well, that in that Chiwetel says what? He says, "Do you see a look on his face? That's love." Right. That's that's love. And right. he's doing that sp- and this is the and, I think he can, the, and strand- the and the operative can respect that. Right. Because he he respects commitment. Mm. He mm. respects commitment and because Simon's love is so absolute for his sister. Right. He realizes the limits that he will go to. He realizes that because no one else really factored that in, they were like, ah, oh, yeah, they're brothers, it's a family connection, that that's why they haven't been able to catch them. Because they haven't reckoned with the depth of Simon's character mm-hmm. and his depth of his love for his. That's now, why this guy I think threw he's, it all away. I, now, Simon is the minor of, uh, of the, the, the lot of the, of the characters. Uh, I don't know if you agree or, or disagree with that. I think he's, he's, I think he's big in the overarching story. Right. But small in every individual episode. And he was very much because it's very much like you know, like sister. oh, someone gets certs. Right. Oh, Simon's there to patch them you up. Can't and have... he doesn't really necessarily have inject a lot in mm-hmm. any given right. episode. I mean, all we know is that you know the uh, the the discussion, the family discussion he has with the Tams, mm-hmm. where um, and that, and also with him, the way he talks about, well, you know, she's going to go to the she's she's being sent to the school. And we don't know what the hell is going on here. And um, I've had a uh, falling out with my family. I've sacrificed everything. All my wealth. All my, all my wealth and everything to, to get in and to get my sister out of there. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, what else have you got? Well, no. Well, hold on. Let's okay. Right. And, and, um, uh, uh, John, if you can stop tweeting. <laughs> John, you're, yes. John you're, 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 you're take on, your take on Simon Tam. I told you. Creepy. American Psycho. <laughs> I thought he could have been the other dude who did that other serial killer show. What's that? Dexter? Dexter. He could have been Dexter. You know what? I He's, think he could have he been actually Dexter. Ha- no, he couldn't have. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you have a Michael C. Hall f- uh, fixation? Listen, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I have a really big problem with Simon Tam, and if I have a oh. really problem with the art, with the uh, actor. Really? Somewhere. Oh, please yeah. share. Please share. I, 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 th- I, think, I think he's the weak link in Firefly. I really do. He looks I think like he's... Bolton. Sorry. From, from I, I, I don't... <laughs> he does a little bit. You're right. He does a little bit. He looks like it. Okay, really, you Anna. This, is, this is interesting. He, he... This is interesting to hear. I've never, I've never really heard anyone... Uh, is it like an out-and-out like real like dislike, or you just, like you said, you just feel like he's the weaker link? I think he's the weak link. I think everybody else is really together. They act fantastically well. I think their character is well-defined. And I think he's the weak link in terms of performance. And I hate to say this because I don't ever mean to be mean about anybody's performance. But I be think mean, Anna. Be mean. Well, <laughs> no holds barred. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's not my place to, to sort of tear anybody apart. But I think that in terms of acting and in terms of believability, he's the one that you don't believe. I mean... He kind of, you know, he kind of rushes to his sister and is like, you know, oh, honey, let me take care of you. Or he kisses her or whatever. And it's, it's, I just don't buy it. I don't buy his whole scening. I, I may agree with you with um, the romance with her and Kaylee at the end. You know, that yeah, I don't I, necessarily buy that much. Um, but uh, I do buy the dedication and, again, the love that goes into protecting his sister. Oh, I mean, he's definitely dedicated, and he's definitely, I mean, that's what he, his, his character should be. And that's what the, the, you know, dialogues that are written for him and the actions that are given to him, that's, that all of that indicates 
that he has a great deal of love and protection and, and desire to keep his sister safe. I, I completely agree that that's how it was written. I just feel like his performance doesn't convey that. It's kind of like, you know, this, this you, you kind of feel in him this sort of, you know, he's missing the chemistry that you would need to make it believable. I think I think that that might also be what you're saying about the writing might be the issue though there because he's not allowed to be the super flamboyant like all a lot of the characters we've talked about so far have a flamboyance to them something about them that is like you know you know uh, uh, grabs you whether it's Malcolm Reynolds you know uh, you know you know um, cynical rebel whether it's Zoe <laughs> Zoe as being the badass warrior woman washes humor <laughs> you know Jane Cobb's you know irresistible badass well, you know bastard space TV doctors tend to get shafted when you know he, exactly anyway, space right? TV well, doctors but, but do I tend mean, to get that's shafted that's not true I mean it's not, well, except for McCoy except for McCoy no no I said space TV I said space TV doctors but that's yeah but bones would be on it but yeah. you know then again we have to go with Crusher where Crusher is definitely yeah, the uh, most yeah. underserved of the next generation characters. Um, it's true. It's I, I, true. But I do think that that is again. But you know, the, the, you know. Go, go, Anna. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, I, it's just. In, yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of writing. Go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's a question of like, here's the writing of the character, and he, you know, and I do think some of it fits the performance. I, I, I'm not necessarily in agreement with you. I think that he is, you know. He gives. He comes across that very intelligent person, who doesn't necessarily is. This is he's out of his depth. That's another part of the performance. I think that maybe he doesn't gel with everyone else because, as a as a person, Simon wouldn't gel with these people. You know, that's I, true. Like he keeps that's tripping true. over his words. That's definitely true. Uh, you know, uh, that, but that's you know that's an interesting that's an interesting take. Uh, the next half of the Tam uh, uh, siblings, River Tam. The gorgeous and always engaging and very talented Summerglau. Uh, this was her, I think maybe like well, her second she, thing. She had been on uh, Joss Whedon's uh, Buffy the Van or Angel, I think, as a ballerina, and mm. she is a classically trained uh, uh, dancer. Yeah, and, and this she, was supposed to be her big starring breakout thing, but the way Firefly ended and everything, it's now. It, and it then never she flowers before. into becoming the the Terminator, <laughs> and by then I'm like, whoa, she grew up. Like within the matter. Well, of well, like, let's so. let's go down the list of some of the things that Summer Glau has been part of. She she was on uh, she was on the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, she was a member of the Cape. <laughs> the Cape, ladies and gentlemen, uh. the Cape on NBC. Uh, of course, our favorite show from sci-fi from a few years back, which got slaughtered unmercilessly, was of course um, Alphas. Uh, she was. She came in in like the second season of Alpha. She had yeah. She had a lot That's of big true. parts and uh, you know. And so Summer Glau is the and she probably has a couple more where she wasn't. She, was she, she, doll, be, she wasn't in Dollhouse, was she? I don't. You know what? I don't remember if she was in Dollhouse or not. But regardless, it's one of these things where if, is Summer Glau doing? Is Summer Glau gonna in your cast? Yeah, that show's not making it. <laughs> and it might be a show that has some merit. There might be some aspects mm -hmm. of it where you go, oh, this is. A and good it's show. not because of her performance again. Yes, I don't. I don't get. Why she hasn't yet landed anything sort of? Um, I mean, the scenes where role something that is really taken in movies where, or TV, where Badger's talking to her and then she replies in with the Cockney. Yes, exactly. And you're like, wow, this girl cannot. She can do acting. She can do accents, movement, everything else. And here's her breakout performance as uh, as as River Tam. 
Uh, she does this performance of. I'm a better man than you. You see. <laughs> she better. does this. She does. She does this. Uh, by the way, Badger. I just just to go off track here for a second. Badger was originally supposed to be a part Whedon wrote for himself. Oh. He was supposed oh. to be this character that they were going to... And he was supposed to be this semi-regular character mm, right. that as the show went on, that the, the crew of, uh, did occasional jobs for. And I guess he God, figured, I'm so glad that they got that actor to, to play back. Oh, God. I, for, <laughs> I, I, I forget that actor's name. I think something Shepard. Um, but his father is also a long-time uh, character Who, actor who right. was on Doctor Who. He played the older version yeah. of, of, of that character. But just absolutely, you know, uh, great in that role. But getting back to, getting back to River Tan... Um, you know, Summer Glau's performance, think about it, she's got to be this off-kilter, off-center character, and yet not make it too kooky. You know, there's got to be tragedy there. There's got to be, like, you have to really feel that something's been taken from this girl. Some some violation has happened Well, the violation, and you see that, it's like, um, River, do you know who I am? Simon, like, do you like? And then she she gives these looks, like, like when it's like, <laughs> well, okay. no, well, well, when when she gets the the, the revelation about Miranda in Serenity, oh my the god, movie, it's so great because she goes, <laughs> "Is Miranda Mar- like another person?" Are you and Miranda? she gives him this great, like, <laughs> only a little sister will give that to a brother. Look, like, look, I know that I'm crazy, but seriously, <laughs> it's it's so wonderfully subtle that you know I don't know if that's her as a performer or if that's Whedon, but it is a it's perfect for the character and she delivers that look so great and it's pretty much established that she's uh um telepathic she's telepathic river tam yes yeah well it's it's threaded it's breadcrumbed throughout that those 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 first i can kill you with my brain i can kill you and if you don't (laughs) i can kill you with my brain like again she has a very hard you know it (coughs) might be the hardest part of all of the cast Mm. because it is so easy for playing a crazy character for that to go too over the top or for it to be too subtle. Mm-hmm. She has to play it in a range where it's being both fun and funny naturally, but not be a caricature either. Right. And that you have to then feel for, again, that this 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 young woman has been violated terribly and we have to figure out what it is and maybe try and bring her back somehow. The episode where the ship gets taken over by Early. That to me is what she's capable of. That shows to me what River Tam is capable of. Right. That she's the one who brings the fight to to, to Jubal right. Early and has the plan, you know, from almost the moment that he gets on board. Right. And, yeah. and, and 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 it is also fun because it sets up what the parameters of the show are to a certain degree in that episode because you're like going like it's early in the show's going and Whedon says this in the commentary he's like you know she talks as though I'm one with Serenity and you're like <laughs> is it and you as the viewer are like I, maybe she can do that I don't know I mean is because this, at is one the show point, going there at is one it? point <laughs> at one point she's pilot she starts question she starts um uh picking into Early's head and then all of a sudden it's like he's trying not to have his knees shake. Right, yeah. I know what you're trying to do to me. You're not going to break me. I'm going to find you. Right, exactly. That we now, it's like, again, getting... It's like, wait a minute, he's, she's reading off of something off of my ship, and you see that she's on the other ship. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah. that the, the, you know, and Summercloud does a great job of it. And I like that even though she's young and she's a, vi- and she's a victim, in the sense we know she's, she's been victimized by, by the Alliance. They don't necessarily soften the stance of 
the character, they don't make her cuddly. She's not victimized and therefore helpless. She's victimized and she's very dangerous. <laughs> and I don't just mean like formidable, I mean dangerous. They don't play around with the fact that her psyche is broken. You know, her picking up guns and she doesn't realize what it is. <laughs> um, you know, you know that she she's so she's so crazy you kind of don't know what she's going to do in any given situation. She stabs Jane. For God's sakes. I mean, this is something and then well, we learn it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's true. And then we learn how dangerous she really is. My turn. In Serenity. In oh Serenity. my god. I mean, first off Summerglow, her classically trained acting, uh, her her dance uh, comes into it uh, very much because she does that fight choreography, mm -hmm. and on you know, granted, there's oh, a little better bit, than Iron Fist. Better than Iron Fist, yes, as always. Better than Iron Fist. But but she does, um, you know, let's be honest here, Ed, as as martial artists, the truth is, uh, some of those moves are just impossible for that girl at well, her, of weight, her weight and size. There's a lot of fantasy aspects, of course, and yet. She's Can we start by how a ninety-pound girl kicked yeah, Jane's ass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I know. That's well, the way, of, the way, best, the way best she lines. kicked Jane's ass is she grabbed she grabbed his balls right? <laughs> because Jane had her in a in a, in a headlock. It was like yeah, yeah. I'm never, that's she is the, supposed to be smarter than the top three percent, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, well, then then well, you 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 pointed out Wash's line is like, can we talk about it? It's like you know because I don't think that's ever gonna get old. That's the. <laughs> That's never gonna get old. Uh, but her, she's so lithe and so wonderful. And again, we have that moment again in Serenity, where, like I said, we think, is Whedon wild bunching us here? Are, are these people just gonna have the most horrific endings? What is where? Where are you playing with my heart, Whedon? And then, cut to slow mo punch of her to a reader's <laughs> face, and she is just wrecking shop in this. This such a fantastic moment that should stand out as one of the great fight sequences in all of. I mean, and again, is it Did over the have, top? Is she it didn't super have, realistic? No, she didn't have but one it of those lines. Gorgeous. She didn't have one of those like I swallowed the bug line bug lines. Uh, after that fight, did she? <laughs> the swallow no, the bug was after no, no, the, the, the the mule comes back. She's like, it's like, are you okay? I, 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 I swallowed, swallowed the bug. The bug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she, you know, the thing is, as we said, similar to Simon, she's important for the big arc mm -hmm. of what the series, the franchise is. But in any given episode, she's not necessarily the main. I think. Uh, safe the episode where her and Simon are get dropped get get left on that um, the, the the religious zealot world mm -hmm. or at least in that village. Uh, that's one of the few episodes where she's like a main like part of the action of whatever the the, the thrust of the show is. That and I think Ariel, where again they take her to uh, the place to get scanned so he can you know so mm -hmm. Simon right, gets right. scanned and they get to get the drugs. Uh, but yeah, and then again, so and yet she, the performance is so rich and so well done that. They, she makes the most out of whenever she's on screen. You really, you really feel Summerglow a fantastic, fantastic talent. I really wish she would get more, get, get more play out there, uh, or at least she would get something that would stick around for a while. I, re I really wish that the, Joss Whedon had me, given her some sort of role in the Marvel universe. In the um, this nuclear war of comic book movies that we're in, okay, uh, it does belong to the Miranda Backerns. The sum, the summer glows the Nathan Fillions as Simon Williams yeah, as, yeah but yeah, they're they're in, 
he's going to get a small bit part in Guardians, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. But, yeah, uh, uh, but, yeah, but Summer Glau, I really wish was she. There are so many characters I could see her playing in in the, in the Marvel or DC world that it is just a Iron dude, Fist. dude, dude. Summer Glau, Summer Glau as someone like Talia Al Ghul. Summer sure. Glau as Batgirl? Well, when I, if I you mean, say like, Talia Al Ghul, I, I, I think Marina Baccarin, right? Because you've got to be sultry and sexy. Oh, come on. Summer Glau is, a, is, I have, is gorgeous on her own. I have a time. bone to pick with, um, especially because I'm Asian, right? <laughs> right? Summer Glau, um, they had to cast... No, she's, she, she is, does have Asian ancestry in her. And also, they're, they're, the characters, their last names are Tams. Yes. And uh, like, do I? Does it offend me that that they picked um, Summer for the for the for the role of River? Not really, but at the same time, it's like it is a bit of that whitewashing. Well, this is an uh, issue, instance, this, especially this is for a, a universe where it's, it's like supposed the to be alliance, the, mulching, the the meshing of Western American, well, you know, culture. And that to and, me and is a bunch of lasa. Well, you know, how could you guys then look the other way with the mechanic? How could you look the other way with the mechanic? <laughs> well, well, and I, I would like to get your little, if we can touch on this for a moment before we move on to the next character. Um, this is something that some people have had as a critique of the show, is that there's all this talk of Asian, you know, influence. Anna, can you name one Asian character that appeared on Firefly? All right, Anna, uh, you know, this is something that the show has been criticized about in the past. It's that, you know, for all the talk of Asian characters and Asian influence... There are no a- there are no Asian characters. You know, there there no. you know, we don't you don't see any Season two would have had George Takei <laughs> as the leader as, of the Alliance. As oh the, my as the Emperor of the Alliance. Oh my. This is a <laughs> See you would have been the one with the one lone Japanese guy in a Chinese like ruled world. Uh but yeah, what what is what you know, it, it, has that ever occurred to you watching the show that there's all this talk about, you know, you know, Chinese influence, but you know, there's not one Chinese I kind of feel Asian. like, yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I did like about the casting of Simon Tam and of Vast Summer Glau is that you kind of have the two opposites of, of what biologically people can look like. Simon is dark hair, blue eyes, light-faced, <laughs> and she has obviously got more Asian characteristics to her. And I kind of feel like there isn't the one, you know, Asian character per se, but I almost feel like every single character could could at some point have biological or physiological traits that are given to them because of this, you know, Asian kind of background. Uh, you see it in the costumes, you see it in the language, which yeah. is really funny because every single time they wanted to, you know, plug in a curse word or something that might have been, you know, beeped out, they say it in Chinese, that way no one knows what the hell you're talking about and so it passes. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I really enjoyed, you know, that kind of mixture, but I, I think physiologically speaking, if you look at uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, this is going to sound a little weird, but physiologically speaking, other than the red hair, you know, if you take him and you and you dye his hair black, he can pass for someone of Asian descent. Uh, uh, I don't you, know, man. It's, at- it's just a pain. It's pain in my pee goo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, let's let's table let's table this, Anna, because then it's just going to be Ed just going off with his Mandarin Cantonese here. All right, the next character, a uh, final character, is uh, Nishada Hawa. <laughs> Shepard Daryl Book, played by the late boom. Ron Glass. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. What do you mean the late? Boom. He's dead? Oh, Anna. Yes, unfortunately, Ron Glass passed uh, uh, just recently. Yeah. Uh, 
No. Oh my God! I didn't know that. Yes, long time, long time character actor, well known, of course, from Barney, uh, Miller. Barney Miller, which ran for got like something like <laughs> eight, nine seasons. You know, from we're not going to have a Barney Miller show, by the way. We I know would. deep down inside there is in your head, Kevin. There is there is a Barney Miller show in this head right now. I'm sorry, but Ron Glass's character, an interesting thing, because of course. Shepherd book comes on to the comes onto the boat, and I think that this was one of the weird on multiple levels a mysterious character, and not all of it intentional. Here's my question to everybody. All right, so Shepherd book's like, all right, I'm looking to get passage to someplace, and he's on the boat. Okay, fine. Most people go get on a 747 to get one place. They get to that place, and that's it. Why is he sticking around? <laughs> Because he's at a calling. Yeah, I know. I know there's a sort of like, you know, oh, I do. Now, see, is it the possibility that, you know, oh, he's worried about that now he's kind of an outlaw because he, like, was identified by that federal agent? No, the discussion takes place in the first episode and he goes to Inara and he's like, you know, I think I might be on the wrong ship. And Inara answers, I think you're exactly where you're supposed supposed to be. be. Yeah, but again, how does that then translate to I will stick around here? Is it is he hiding out now from the authorities to... I don't think that's ever been made clear. Well, which does bring about no. the backstory of Shepard Book, and and I, I don't know if any of you have read the comic books, and that yes, yes, there that were comics. The we, there we, were some comic books and graphic novels that were done after uh, after the fact, and where Daryl Book, that's his full name, mm-hmm. um, he had 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 his origin where he's finally told because a that young, was what they were teasing a young uh, uh, um, a young man killed another man and and assumed his identity. Ran away from the law and then ended up joining a monastery. Right. That was pretty much what his story was. Right. He had he had he had this background where he was part of some kind of resistance as well yeah. uh, to the to the uh, to the alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, he was part of that war, and in doing so, he was a double agent. So he had taken the this identity of someone who had like high echelon like. Uh, ranking or something within within the alliance, and, and that's where, and it was all teased out that we were never really going to get that in the in the show. Whedon even like makes a point of it when they have that discussion between Book and Mal, and he's like, you know, one day you're going to have to you're going to have to tell me this, and he's like, no, I don't, which is Whedon's way of saying, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, nope, you, we're not, we're no, sorry, fans, we're not, <laughs> you're never going to hear it from his own voice. You're never the actor is never going to talk about it, but um, you do hear like um um where. Early says that's no preacher. That's no preacher. Exactly. Exactly. Well, because Early's the you know one of these like instinctive characters mm-hmm. that he can suss things. And out even when fast. they uh, um uh, what what was the episode where the Ariel where they go into Alliance into the hospital? Uh, well, no, I think it's, it's oh no no that's it's the episode where he gets wounded. Right, and they have and to bring him to the they hospital. They have to bring him. They have to bring him to some medical facilities. Simon and River are here's are, this ident. And yes, exactly. It's like <laughs> what is going on here. And I love the portrayal of the character. Ron Glass actually uh, is a practice was a practicing Buddhist, mm. and yet he brought this great sense of what uh, I think a Christian pastor would bring, or you know what you would want from that type of character to the show. And you know he was mysterious. He brought humor, but he was also a moral center of the show. I, I, that's why I think the couple I said. Um, the other couple on the show is Jane and Book because you constantly see Jane <laughs> and Book working hanging out, out there, working out, out each other. <laughs> exactly, true. and I think that there are, two, there are two, there are two, ways to look at that. I think the one look, the one version is 
of all the people on that boat, who needs God the most in the eyes of a pastor? It's going to be Jane. But Jane Jane (laughs) probably did have that that upbringing where it's like, I'm... He's open to hearing a sermon here and there. He, well, he does. Again, right? he shows another parts. He he does take his hat off or other things. You see, like 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 he's he's he he's he definitely maybe has some sort of fear of you know fear of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think the other the other point might have been that you know, and as we learned about, like you said in the comics, I think that Book also saw himself in Jane. I think oh, yeah, that there's yeah, something yeah, yeah. to be said right. about uh, you know before I that came to someone the Lord, who's lost before I came to the Lord, I was very much like this young man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to do my best to try and, you know, he's the most open to 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 being reformed because, of course, Inara is herself as a, as a character is a Buddhist and she's she's happy with her life. She has no regrets. Uh, By the way, Kaylee do, do is you a mind, sweetheart. Do you mind if I say grace? <laughs> well, if you say it to yourself. <laughs> yes. No, but you, you, you need you need the diametrically opposed elements in anything in order to make the conversations interesting. And that's what's very cool about the dialogue in, in the whole series. You've got all of the characters at some point or another. You have them diametrically opposed. If you take Malcolm, he's the atheist. Mm-hmm. So you need to give the religious figure in order to have a discussion between both points of view. Mm-hmm. And they both have very, very strong points to make. And that's kind of how the whole thing happens. You know, Kaylee is kind of like the truth to Simon's bullshit sometimes. Um, you know, Zoe <laughs> is definitely the, the silence to watch Watches. constant, <laughs> constant chatter, you know? So everybody's kind of hooked up, you know, into yeah, sort of diametrically Whedon, opposed elements. Yeah, Whedon knows what he's doing in terms of, of, of interplay between characters. Yeah. And, he's he's and, a brilliant writer at really, that you know, and, and it, it's, you know, it's interesting that we have, again, Shepard Book has that great scene of dying, and he is the turning point for Mal. Their relationship mm-hmm. having been set up in those episodes of the be- the believer and the man who's lost faith. And ultimately, sure. the, the believer telling him, look, I'm not asking you to believe what I believe. I'm just saying you can't, you cannot, you know, if, to, 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 to borrow from Wash, you can't just be the leaf that's being blown on the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you have otherwise to. Otherwise, you get killed. You know, again, like again, he t- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that <laughs> is even the. Otherwise, you get killed. You know, he. T- you know, we have this whole thing. He he tells. You know, he tells him. You know, this is an oper- This is an operative who works for the inner council of, of of the alliance, and he is a man that believes hard, and the only way you are going to be able to match him is if you come at it with the same I am willing it's like that it it's almost like that saying from uh, that old film um in the line of fire that uh, that Clint Eastwood made where it's John Malkovich and uh and Clint Eastwood and it's like uh, what did what did uh, you know what did um Lee Harvey Oswald say uh, you know what does it takes to 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 kill the president it's all it takes is a commitment you have to be willing to trade your life for his if you if you do that, you're capable of killing the president of the United States, because you're willing to take whatever comes your way to to finish your goal. And in order to face a man who is of absolute belief, book is telling him, so you have to one hundred percent, without a doubt, believe this. You have to stop him. I just don't buy Rene Russo going with Clint Eastwood, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get me started on some Rene Russo. I'm uh, Thor's mama. She's uh, she's pretty. That's a that's a. Tasty. Well, I have she's said. Freya. I, I, I I have said that you know I my uncle passed away last week, and I said no uh, he was cremated, and I said 
uh, that's I, I want to go like Freya. Like, you know, down the, you know, you, you, you're going to make this funeral. happen. The Viking funeral yeah. with the, with, yeah. with the, with the boat going boat. over, with the space boat going down the waterfall, but yeah. fiery arrows are going at it. That's there, how I want to go. We, but anyway. There, there we go. Now, now we, we finished off with all the basic, the main cast. And just, just make sure, just make sure you, you, you choose someone other than Ed, uh, Ed Mir. Admir to throw the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hot exactly a little little blackfish action, and Louis just like, like give me that, action. you. <laughs> You're gonna be out here all day with this crap. <laughs> Get this done, my nephew. What an idiot. <laughs> I can, you know what? I can see the blackfish as being a guy with kind of a New York accent, a little bit. I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, what are you guy? Okay? You're not getting me out of this castle, y'all. Yeah, he's he, he's a Scotsman through and through. It's are you Scotland. kidding? You know, Get, give. Uh, okay, well, you know, we off track there for a second. Um, so, <laughs> the show has its run. It is not a hit. It is canceled. Many people say before it's time. Uh, and so we get to the the miracle of Whedon gets to finish his saga, and Uni- he signs with Universal, and they make this, and they make the movie. Which some of the some of the background of the movie is that. I think the movie is maybe is maybe the nature of movie deals is actually more about some of those characters' deaths than um, than necessarily story wise because uh, as I, as I'm doing my research, I learn basically Tudyk and Ron Glass could not commit to a follow up film, and so Whedon was like, "Well, if you can't be in a sequel anyway, you know, hoping that there would be a sequel, it's like, well, let's let's." You know, let's let's give you a, a you know a beautiful death. I don't know if that is a hundred percent what it was, but I, I have a feeling that you know. Then, th- then again, Josh Josh Wheaton did ride Resurrection, so you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. This is true. This is true. Uh, so, but the movie comes out uh, also not necessarily a, a big hit, but a, a cult hit. Flop. Yeah, but a cult hit. It you know it does what. And here did we it go get to theater, or was that straight to? DVD? No, it was in the theaters. Was there was the theater. yes, there yeah, were advertising the on TV sharp. the whole nine oh. yards. And I think I think the yeah. the the documentary for the making of Firefly gets more marketing than when the movie came out. I'm not kidding. This well, is... there were commercials. I remember, and I remember having a vagus memory of going like, at the time, as there's like Serenity, and they did, you know, there, and I'm going like, oh, hey, wasn't this a show? Like, again, I hadn't, I wasn't into the show at the time. Like, was that a show? It's like, wow, that wasn't that long ago. They're making a movie? Like, right, I, he... hadn't, I hadn't followed it, didn't know about its tragic history. so basically, history. He, couldn't get, he couldn't get the rights to call it Firefly because it belonged to Fox. And Paramount was the one. Um, oh, Universal. Yeah, or Universal. Universal, Universal was and one. you know, uh, it's funny that the film gives a whole lot more background uh, than the than than the series ever did. But I guess that is also the, the it's uh, also the storyline yeah. goes into it because like it gives you as Anna, like you said, it's you watch the film and they give you what you need to know, even if you have never heard of Firefly. It's like here's the setup, here are the characters. Oh, can you hear? Can you hear? Uh, she can't no. Now I can hear you. Okay. okay. Now I can hear you. Uh, you know, uh, in, in when you watch Fire, when you watch Serenity, like I said, you had not seen you had not seen the series. You'd no. watch. You'd watch the. You watch Serenity, and you are given everything you need to know, in like maybe the first fifteen minutes. That's here, true. here is the character. Here's the setup. Here's the universe. Which, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, even the sh- even the show, only g- gave you drips and drabs of. 
You know, they talk about how the earth that was, but they don't really get into, you know, why are we here? What happened? And here it was like, boom, here's the setup. Mankind left earth. You know, we came to this other solar system. There was a war, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the movie is so brilliant in bringing you back to these characters so fast, so quickly, Mm -hmm. uh, just with a nice wider scope. I think the movie has a few issues here and there for myself. I think that as good as the production values were, there are some moments here or there that are a little wonky. I think the mule chase against the the Reaver ship is is a little. Uh, well, the mean, effects aren't as good well, as they could have been. How much of a of a uh, of a budget did it have? All right, so um, the, the budget, okay, budget went $39 million. Yes, so yeah, it's right, and, and $2,004. The yeah. box office, it barely, it barely uh, made even, like from $40.1 million. Right, and it, but it was, again, one of those early days of DVD where it, oh, made, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, made, it made a killing on DVD, you know, really cemented itself. And I'm still surprised to this day that there hasn't been an attempt, a serious attempt now, a, at bringing it back. But going back to that particular sequence. Well, it would be. It, you know, you, you kind of, I, I hate to say this, but Josh Whedon is part of that whole group of people who brought back Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And Battlestar Galactica came back after, what, 30 years of being on air? So, you know, here coming, you know, what it, what it came out in 2002, 2003. So to 2023, I totally, totally see coming, you know, a sort of resurrection, <laughs> a firefly in the whole series. Firefly, you know? wait, fire, firefly, serenity, the serenity awakens. <laughs> serenity awakens. So we're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see Nathan Fillion Nathan. fall off a, fall off a bridge with no railing. <laughs> serenity now. <laughs> Or maybe him and Inara got together, finally had kids, you know? So exactly, it's be and one of the kids. Of the second generation. One of his kids kills. Oh, kills. by the way, I think one of the graphic novels, um, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Gina Torres. Uh, it's like a story, it's a backstory where what happens after, uh, you and know, Wash is dead. That. She appears like in, in um, back in, the, in, in the, um, the cockpit, and she's with child. So and this was after the fact, and he he died. So we would have gotten a baby wash. Yeah, a baby wash. Baby wash at some point. Uh, But you know, going back to going back to the film, so it gets you back involved with all these characters. That great beginning part with with uh, with Simon, the introduction of Chiwetel as the the operative. Never learn anything of his name, but so charismatic. So cool. He's brilliant. So dangerous. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, he's and so tell. complex oh a character. You know, where he yeah. talks about where he says, you know, I'm a monster. Mal, I, you know, I do things that are evil and repugnant, but I do them because they must be done. You know? And well, if, if barking dogs don't bite, what happens to the really cool, silent, calm ones? Right. And that's kind of what he is. And he is, he is scary. He's scary from like the first three seconds. You see the sort of like he has this thing in the eyes, which is just brilliant. I mean, fantastic acting on his behalf, truly. Yeah, and you know, he's never he's a character that is kind of he is mirroring, never, you know, kind of is, reflecting in the eyes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's intense. I know it's coming and it's going to be bloody. And he's never out of he's never put on his back foot until the very end. He is not someone yeah. who, you know, there's nothing Mal can say or do. He tells him, you're not going to get me angry. There's nothing you can yeah. say or do to me that is going to make me lose my composure. Until yeah. that brilliant moment where this goes into the Western theme of the show. And Whedon has said this, where 
He's like, oh, the bastard's not even, you know, he's not even slowing down. You know, he's so confident that he's just going to be able to blow Serenity right out of, the, out of space. And then, boom, here come the Reavers. And Whedon has talked about this being, this is the Indians acting as the cavalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that is what he had set up the Reavers at, as sort of this, this, this other force outside of it. Uh, and even the operative... <laughs> is absolutely scared shitless by the Reavers. He's like, somebody shoot! Just, just get us the F out of this situation! You know, so, you know, it's a great to get that this character that has been so cool and collected, get his comeuppance. Uh, so, you know, the operative is, is a great part of of the addition to, to Serenity. And, you know, the film itself is also, you know, bringing up the Reavers is the first time we see the Reavers. You know the show, and what they're capable of, and the what show they are. we get. Unfortunately, we do not see the Reavers, except for like this one guy who's a victim of them on the show. But they're this presence. They're they're, they're almost like the Black Death or something. And it's like, well, what are they? What? Are, and we finally meet them, and there's just the grotesquerie and everything. And they, of course, are obviously what the overarching, at least probably the first and, couple and, of seasons of Firefly, would eventually would have been about. And you said, like you've even said, like. Of everyone in the whole crew, Jane is the one who who ends up shaking in his boots. Yeah, again with Jane. Again, the Reavers. operative or Jane. You know these guys are tough sobs, and they are deathly afraid of the Reavers. You know that was a great setup by Whedon. I think. And what is you know? what does Gina Torres tell Simon? Like, what are what well? Are what the are they going to do? And it's like you know, they, first they'll rape first us to death. Rape. You know, you know, eat our eat our corpses, and then you know, sew our skins into suits. And if, and if you're we're lucky, lucky they'll, they'll do that in that, that order. In that order. <laughs> I mean, just this ridiculous, you know, concept. And you're going like, well, what are they? You know, where are they coming from? What what have they what have they done? You know, and now we and get the revelation. So do we all agree that the Reavers are the product? I mean, sorry. Go ahead. The no, 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 go ahead, no, no, go no. Ahead. You were you were saying that you were the agree that the Reavers are what? No, well, I mean, th- th- this is a real question for me because I kind of feel like the movie leads you to this point, and you kind of are left with the idea that the Reavers are created by this toxin that was released on Serenity or the 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 the, the planet the Miranda. Yes, and essentially humans end up destroying themselves because it turns you into. A reaver. Okay. So yeah, th- this was this was the idea that I left with that essentially what happened or the 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 sort of biological experiments that happened on this planet that you're not supposed to go to or that you can't reach, which is anyway in reaver territory. It's in reaver territory because it created the reavers. Yes, yes, yes. That, that I think that without a doubt is the, um, and this goes into the you know maybe I'll get into uh, the my whole libertarian rant, but the idea is that the alliance wants things ordered. They have no, they have no tolerance for sort of a disorderly society, and they keep mm-hmm. wanting to make a orderly, peaceful society. And I guess that's their 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 rationalization. It's By like operating look, on children's brains. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Right. This is goes against yeah. the, the point. Like, you know, what are the, what are the limits that they're they're going to go to as a government to ensure these things? By the way, if, uh, just just a really quick one, if, for those of you who don't remember, um, as you're watching the video. Of uh, um, the scientists that were on Miranda, okay. and they were being that's Sarah Paulson, by the way. Who is? Um, she played. Um, she was in the, uh, the 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 OJ movie, as okay. as. Um, um, Marsha Clark. Yes. Okay. All right. She won an Emmy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I have to just, just throw that out there. Okay, um, but um, 
uh, you know, the Miranda plot, I think, would have been the overarching story, probably of the first season, maybe the first two seasons. Um, and, you know, he's got to bring it to an end here. And it is interesting, like I said, it goes into the whole libertarian thing, is the idea is that the Alliance thinks that they can... They're, they're not mustache-twirling evil in the sense of, we want to crush individuality. <laughs> they believe in an orderly society. And what I find is interesting is this, is that even though the message is government shouldn't go out of their way to try and make people better, governments shouldn't try and control so much of their life, it is interesting to note that, again, all of the places that are outside of alliance control are kind of shitholes. You know, Whedon's point, he says in, in commentary, is, you know, people have the right to be wrong. And since the show didn't get a chance to go on, we don't get any sort of, like, nuance with that. I think the nuance, however, is that even though people have the right to be wrong, these people are well, but, still incredibly wrong. <laughs> Let's not. Well, but 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 you know, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose, right? Right. Okay. So, I, I, I mean, look, look, people do have your and if people, you know, if freedom doesn't necessarily mean optimum outcomes always. Exactly. People will be wrong, but exactly. let's but but let's look at how wrong they were in these other areas. Uh, River and Simon nearly get burned at the stake by <laughs> by essentially you know religious zealots. At one point, we've got warlords and criminal enterprises which are you know operate so freely outside of the alliance tight controlled areas. You know, we've got like a whole planet where we essentially say like, well, here's this one guy that's just, you know, lording it over everyone else. And, you know, he's going to war against this this brothel and so on and so forth. I think that eventually had the show been able to go on, I think we'd have seen a little more nuance in that sort of libertarian. I don't critique. think so. I don't think so at all. I, th I think that one of the messages that Josh, Josh is, is putting out there and it's actually scary and at the same time very interesting is that no one's got it right. There isn't any one version of well, any that's, one but government. See, that's what I mean, but that's what I mean by that, but see that's what I mean by nuance, Anna. I think it would have been something where it says, yes, the alliance is meddlesome. Yes, the alliance is is too powerful, too strong of a centralized government. But at mm -hmm. the same time, the answer isn't then the sort of ultimate chaos. yeah, it is some sort of ultimate independence from all of that and i think i i get i that's why i mean by if it, it had gone on i think maybe the message had would be uh a little more ed your your your, your thoughts on that from Serena. well my thoughts are very much again because it's joss whedon right and um what are some of the things that we've seen uh, uh, some of his other works that we've seen of him um i'm not a big buffy fan Mm -hmm. um, are you, uh, did you watch any Buffy or any, any, anyone here? I did. I mean, I wasn't a huge Buffy fan. I watched more Angel than I did Buffy. I will, I will definitely admit to that. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a little bit of a crush issue there. <laughs> but I, I won't deny Boreanis. it. Boreanis. Boreanis. Boreanis! Um, Which yeah, went, I mean, went, yeah. anything that's vampire, I'm going to watch. Just because I was born in Transylvania, you know, I like to keep okay, close so, but, so you were, you weren't, you weren't, a, you weren't a fan of Buffy or Angel Ed, and well, I mean, again, it's, it, um, I can't help but, but feel and wonder, um, and just to give, uh, to give us a little bit of what Joss Whedon is all about, uh, he did go on to do uh, Avengers, yet he didn't uh, go on to do um, Winter Soldier. 
which if you want to get into a discussion of libertarianism or, or the or well, the right age of Ultron forever, however, right. Or the right to get uh, to, to be wrong at something. He, the Winter he Soldier. Age of Ultron. What's that? What's that? Well, he did. He's still. He, she's saying she's. He's still at the age of Ultron. But okay, right. What, well, what you, I'm saying was, I put you getting into um, a Captain America property, uh, and for which then, which pretty much what we're getting, we're getting into this idea of uh, where Captain America, this, the ultimate libertarian. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of paranoid libertarian like nonsense in in the Cap. You know, the other two Cap movies that I I'm not necessarily crazy about, or at least I'm, I I think that it's easy to interpret that, and you know. But I'll get. But, I'll get I mean, to but that at the same time, like, I like. The, I like the. I. I mean. I. Well, enjoy. I think what is great about it is the fact that Whedon is a progressive, and he is willing to produce these things. He better be. That if, is. If that he's... is. But but I mean, I'm saying, look, progressivism and libertarianism are. You know, there's a couple of overlap parts. But it's, I, I, trust me, they, they're, they're, there's also a lot in, in opposition. But he's very much a feminist also. Okay, I mean, yeah, so. that's, that's, I, I th- that's... I think there's a context that we're forgetting, however, and if I may, Josh Whedon is a New Yorker. Yes. He lives in Los Angeles, but he's a New Yorker. Through and through. Uh-huh. Serenity comes out in 2002, and in 2001 we have the attack in New York. Okay. Right? After which we have all of the anti-terrorist laws yep, that are passed. Patriot Act and, all Patriot and stuff, Patriot okay. Acts. And all of this stuff that basically you're giving away half of your freedom because you're afraid of something. For security, And I right. think that a lot of this writing that he does after 2001, which has nothing to do with this, you know, few scenes that I've seen of Buffy and Angel, all, all, of, this, all of this message, you know, that he's trying to pass, I think is, 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 for me in any case, historically motivated in the sense that, you know, if you take Firefly where you are, have people that are fighting for freedom, in a context where Americans are basically giving up a lot of their rights mm-hmm. in order to feel protected, is something very, very dangerous. And I think that he's he's trying to say very gracefully, um, you know, be careful what you're giving up. I'm not saying that one version, which is the outer rim, is is a good way to be, but basically, you know, the order or the in, um, what the alliance, called? the alliance. Um, the alliance is not necessarily the answer either. Right. I mean, the idea to keep order at all price has, you know, a, a very, very bad connotation to it because you're it's a bad fucking history around in with real history. Na- yeah. Right, right. yeah, and you're fucking around with human nature. I mean, humans will rebel, and there is something inherent, inherent even in our biology, which is kind of the idea with Miranda. There's something inherent even in our biology that will not permit us to just be quiet, subdued. Well, the idea, the yeah. idea of you man know. over nature, where you're terraforming, that in itself is a but, violation uh, of natural law. But, but sure. also the question of, of the idea Absolutely. that... Absolutely. Um, uh, government overreach and unintended consequences, that's also part of Miranda. That here Absolutely. We, we thought that we had come up with this thing that would, you know, make lives orderly and everything. Yep. And here, oh my God, it over the overreach is literal. It kills most people because they lose mm-hmm. all drive. And then the other people who are not aren't killed by that way turn into these hyper violent, yep. aggressive, you know, yep. uh, creatures, you know, uh, who are bereft of most rational thought. Total depravity, man. That's what I call it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think that, um, uh, by the way, and, and, by the way, know, you, t- you t- know... Take this as an example. Yes. Go ahead. No, no, you go, Anna. No, I was going to say, take this as an ex- again, uh, going back to the idea of, of history. If you take this as an example where, you know, you have these extremely violent acts that are, uh, that are constantly 
um, made against, you know, all kinds of countries, you know, in, in the form of terrorism, whether it's bombs or planes or attacks or killings or, you know, shootings, you know. And then, and then you have these other people that are basically, you know, it, it kind of is a metaphor in any case for me of what one of the things that is, 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 is kind of one of the dangers of the way that the society or the, the direction of the society is going in today. And I think Josh is very, very motivated by that. And it's one of the central themes. I mean, look at Age of Ultron. You know, they're giving up all of their, you mm -hmm. know, powers, essentially. And they end up, you know, to this sort of artificial intelligence being that, you know, screws is being created <laughs> and, and that screws them over, right? So, the, you know, even the computer says human beings are not worth saving, which is kind of interesting. It's a very <laughs> central theme with... Well, maybe with, with just maybe maybe it is um, uh, a little a little a little side note here. The reason the planet is called Miranda is this is a roundabout. It's a Shakespearean reference that is also a reference uh, to Brave New World because yep. it's called Miranda because uh, Miranda in the Tempest gives is the one who names Huxley's Brave New World. Oh, okay. He's like, you know, right. oh, right. Brave New World that has such people in it. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and the idea and you've got of, you've got a lot of references to Much Ado about nothing as well. Josh Reed well, is a course, huge oh, yeah, Shakespeare well, yeah. fan. Of course, of course, Much Ado about nothing is it's that's he's, he's which I, I oddly um, have kind of stayed away from to seeing and, it. And yeah. I've watched. I, I love watching Shakespeare Shakespeare movies, but that in particular. And Nathan Fillion is in that, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. And, he Al is. and Alan, I don't know. Okay. Now, uh, I would like to just finish this off here, and this is, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant, so please allow me the fullness, no interruption. You got five, You got two minutes. To, to get into this. <laughs> uh, it's going it's, it's to be all right. Uh, because I want to make my statement about this here, about the show, okay? I think that, I call this, give me serenity or give me death. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Firefly is at its heart, and despite being created by one of TV and film's most ardent liberal progressive, uh, in the personage of, of Joss Whedon, is a tale of libertarian sci-fi. The main thrust all through the series and in the theatrically released Serenity is of people chafing under the centrally administrated government of the Alliance. The setting is the hyper-reality based on the paranoia one can often find among free market absolutist conservatives, evangelical conservative Christians, and, you know, your romantic Randian objectivists, which is to say, a powerful and ideologically motivated state whose policies manifest themselves through what might best be called a heavy-handed paternalism and, at worst, a fascism of some kind. As can be gleaned through uh, Malcolm Reynolds' reaction to the revelations of Miranda, where he sees the issue as one of fighting against those who cannot understand the limits of improving humanity. Or in the sequence of A Young River Tam, where her teacher justifies uh, the power of the state as being used not to tell others considered less civilized what to think, but on an even more elemental level, how to think in the first place. Uh, the theme of the show is summed up in Whedon's own words from a commentary. People have the right to be wrong. And this is a powerful message, one which I think is, is at the core of Mal Reynolds' motivations, philosophy, his depression, and ultimately his rebirth. Through the series, we see that the Alliance is a melding of advanced technological society with a heavy stratified class system. Yet in many ways, it has aspects that, you know, progressive would consider ideal governments. Uh, the central planets have peace, they have order, they have access in some way to advanced medicine, and it would seem forward-thinking policies towards sexuality as evidenced by the legalized prostitution of the companion system, which 
provides services to both heterosexual and homosexual clients. I mean, any viewer would note that although the Alliance is the villain of the piece, it more often than not resembles our own modern 21st century way of life. Uh, it's out on the frontier in the Outer Rim and other moons that we see that life is like away from the Alliance's central core. And it's not like anything most people in the West or in American civilizations uh, think of as their everyday life. Life is cheap out there. There are men and women who have amassed power through criminal enterprises or all but warlords and everything but name, superstitious religious zealots, uh, education, public services, and the like are few and far between in the, this place where we mostly find ourselves in Firefly. So with life being so rife, why are there people willing to live like that? And Whedon's answer seems to simply be freedom. That self-determination away from a state that for the sake of order of quote-unquote civilization meddles too far into the lives of its citizenry, uh, it becomes overbearing. Whedon doesn't go, or more precisely, doesn't get to go into the reasons the, the alliance is the way it is. Uh, perhaps it's a vestige of one could imagine is what it took to get humanity into the solar system. You have to imagine that across vast, you know, vast, the vastness of space that life had to be regimented, that life had to be controlled. And once they found their way into a place where, you know, mankind could move out and, you know, populate this new solar system, suddenly the same issues came up against. But whatever the case, once established for however long took uh, the population to grow into this world, um, eventually people wanted more self-rule. Uh, you know, self-rule against uh, the more rigid and codified culture of the central uh, planets. And Mal Reynolds is a veteran of a war in which these outer planets rejected the central rule of Parliament of the Alliance. What I find interesting is that as far as he was allowed to go in the show, the show has no central bad guy or evil emperor or dictator. This was essentially an ideological conflict that Mal is the avatar of. And it's one with uh, the, the Mal and everyone around him who fought in the war, they have a pure motive in terms of the brown coats resistance. I mean... When watched from the first episode until the last moments in, in Serenity, what we see is a consistent message that the idealized, benign Imperium that we often associated with the Republic or the Federation in sci-fi franchises, that it could have a dark side, that it could have an underbelly where, you know, you, it would naturally force Whedon's protagonists to shake off the veneer of polite society. And in their own words aim to misbehave you are indeed the keith olbermann of the fanboy world sir have <laughs> no. you no shame at last that to me sums up the show that it ultimately was a progressive vision of a more of a sort of moral libertarianism in a sci-fi setting and it actually the show actually ended up let me, let me ask you do you as someone who um you have a you have a deep love for the Western. A deep love for the Western, yes. Do you feel the same with the Westerns? Uh, the Westerns has a very interesting thing because it's... Like, and, know, and, and believe me, libertarians love Westerns because they're like, oh, low government. Most Westerns are about uh, civilization and civilizing forces because I'm having to come into place that someone's got to lay down the law. 
you know, and they often like, oh no, it's it's not it's not about that. You know, people are free to do what they want. It's like no, most of it is about a hero very similar to what the uh, to the operative, who he has to be the force of violence. But he is that force of violence in the service but of civilization because, because, and law and order. Because you know, another, not for necessarily some sort of abstract. Freedom. Another, another reason is, why the Western never resonated with me is because I don't identify with with the with with the white with with the white hero cowboy. I can't. I really can't. You so know? That's because Hop Singh was making the food back on the. Well, yeah. I mean, well, ca- again, this is the genre. This is the movie genre that we're talking about. Where that's exactly what what someone like myself sees on the on the screen i for uh now that's that's not to say that i don't identify with the cowboy with the with the with the um with the outlaw the well, gunslinger there's a, there's a, parado- there's right. a paradox now, there's a paradox of there being both agents of absolute freedom but also agents of a civilizing order right now like, it's very different if i were to be if i were watching a kurosawa movie which again it, like hap- it's not happenstance that a lot of the a lot of these spaghetti westerns and their cowboys are very much based on those archetypes. The the uh, the Toshiro Mofune. Well, it's it's and the, the it's it's the fact that it's a samurai, which of course is a pure is a very stratified member of a very stratified mm-hmm. society, um, very hemmed in by codes of conduct. But it's not the samurai people. People are like, I love samurai. No, you love Ronins. Right. Ronins are the correct. Uh, you know, leaves on the wind. They are the ones who are. They are the ones who have immense from place power. To place, the immense power. Immense ability to do and something freedom, and you know, freedom, and they go about on uh, on by foot. You know, on this journey, traveling from place to place, right. walking to earth, solving problems, that sort of thing. Whatever the you case know, is. and and again, this sort I, of th- yeah, yes, Anna. I, 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 I love Westerns. I'm a huge fan of Westerns. It's one of the things that me and my dad had in common. So it was one of those things that I started watching really, really early on. And, and I kind of feel like Westerns are about this, again, I, I hate to come back to this theme, but it's about the, 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 the human, human society cannot live without laws. And so, you know, you have the population of vast areas that have, you know, zero people or zero, I should say, colonists on it. You have a lot of natives, but you do not have, you know, the new Americans there yet. And they go out there to have their land, to grow their food, to live their life, to have the freedom that America or the the Constitution of America offers. And they realize that if you don't have someone to enforce rules and regulations and laws... That, that society cannot exist. And I think for me, Westerns are very much about what is the fine line that you need to walk between power and abuse of power? Mm-hmm. What is the fine line that you need to walk between freedom and total lack thereof if you do not have someone to enforce the rules and regulations necessary for everyone to live happily? So the, the reasons why everybody loves Ronins is because you can have all of a sudden law that you pay for to defend you and your interests and your needs right. in order for your life to be good. So the Ronin is the symbol of uh, everything that's ethical, everything that is correct, everything that is legal mm-hmm. and law-like, and that punishes anything that impedes the freedom of the others. And so, yes, everybody at, at loves least, at, le- yes, at least, at least in, 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 in popular culture. You know, the truth is... At least in popular exactly, culture. I mean, exactly. You, know, you, the you, truth you, know, of, you the take truth the Magnificent of, Seven... Yeah, yeah exactly. You, exactly. That sort of thing. Whereas the truth is, a lot of them were just mercs by any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. Men a were, a lot know, of them were just mercs. And <laughs> you know, you know, just... Absolutely. It's a romanticized version. It's of a romanticized like version within I, popular and culture. I'd be, yeah. very, I'd be very interested in, like, can we say that 
take away the spaceships and the sci-fi element uh, out of it? Can Firefly be Firefly without those elements? Um, I say... Yes, to to a certain extent. Well, I mean, as we've mentioned, the sh- the the show is inspired by this, the the Killing Angels, mm-hmm, right? And it's a you know, it's definitely this is if this you know, it's the South lost in space. But you know, this is a key point. I don't care whatever revisionist history guy out there is listening to this. You're just wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> The, the South had slaves. It was about slavery. There's nothing moral. It's like, uh, you know, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Jamie Simon, who used to go to the martial arts school that we, we, we met at. Uh, and one weekend I'm talking to him and he goes out to uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania! Well north of the Mason-Dixon line. And he's like, yeah, I was out where your, where your mom lives out in Pennsylvania, Miguel. I was like, I saw this guy at a gas station and he had a, a, um, he had a, a baseball cap on. And it said, the USS Hunley, they died for freedom. And uh, Anna, the, the Hunley was one of the first um, Civil War era submarines uh, used to... <laughs> used to um, Ironclads. Uh, used to take out ships and other things in, in, uh, in ports. You know, they'd, seek, they'd secret... In themselves. ports, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you know go up, ag- mm-hmm. up against the side of a boat, you know, attach an explosives and go away. And it had been lost. Mm-hmm. It was one of the early of these, of these things. And around that time, there had been this archaeological dig that had found the remains of the Hunley. And so this, you know, he says, my, my friend Jamie says, oh, you know, I saw this guy with this. And he goes like, yeah, out there, um, it's kind of a, kind of a, uh, the God of our fathers kind of, uh, kind of world. And Jamie's Jewish. And of course, I'm Hispanic. And I said, you know, Jamie... No, it's just not the God of your father's and not really the God of my father's either, if you really think about it. And there's this sort of sense of they fight, they died for freedom. They died to uphold a system where there was literal slavery. You know what I mean? I really, this is, this is part of my big problem with sort of libertarians. If you ever discuss the Civil War with a libertarian, be prepared to have someone who considers like a, 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 a rise in marginal tax rates to be you know, the worst thing ever, suddenly bend over backwards to justify slavery. Well, it was going to be, you know, you know, the market would have taken care of that and, um, you know, uh, eventually it would have faded out and there was no need to, to have a, the, the, a war over this and the loss of life. It's like, no, there was. Well, you see, there was and that's, slavery. And that's a big, actual slavery. And that's a very big <laughs> part of um, but, but this the, the a, bias that I have with the Westerns. It's, it's very, because of the, the jingoistic, the jingoistic yeah, elements. Yeah, but, 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 and, and particularly to and Firefly, it's a Western. It is historical. Particularly to, particularly to Firefly, why this is important is this: is that Whedon has set up beautiful losers like the South, mm-hmm. but there is no real deep moral, like paradox there. That you know he. Well, you, you would know, argue the the Revolutionary War. You know? Well, but I mean specifically for Firefly, the idea is this: is that we have these guys that lost. And once we learn how the depths of the alliance, there is no sort of like, well, you know, there there was bad stuff about about the independence too. And like I said, there's something to be said about the fact that you know, away from alliance control, it's kind of a shithole. There are all these other issues. In the end, though, it's like, no, the guys that won basically killed off a planet and unleashed, you know, psychotic murderers to continue and kept that under wraps. You know, and to the point, and then eventually, when this plot might have gotten out, or this this terrible, you know, consequence got out, they were then willing to chase a sixteen-year-old girl throughout 
you know, this solar system. That they operated on her brain. Exactly. All this sort of stuff. So, you know, he sets them up as beautiful losers like the like the South in the Civil War, but they're you're not you're able to be on their side one hundred percent morally because Mal is not a guy who would have fought for independence so that he could hold slaves. The views and Mal fought for independence Velez to be independent. Do not necessarily reflect the, the opinions of the show. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, but uh, it, let's finish up here, just just wrap it up. Any mm. any final thoughts on Firefly Serenity? Uh, you know, anything we didn't get to, anything you want to just say, or just, you know, here's what I think overall. Let's start with Anna, then John, then Ed, then myself. So, Anna, okay, go. Well- my my only comment about this is that the special effects that were done for Serenity were also done by the same guys that the the special effects for Serenity and Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And for those people who are fans of Firefly, you actually see the ship Firefly flying with the fifty ships that get away in Battlestar oh, Galactica. Yes, 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 yes. Past <laughs> the president's head, and I found that very cool. Yeah, there actually have been quite a number of appearances by, because like you said, the effects uh, houses have done other things, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Serenity Firefly has appeared in a number of different things. I think it might have appeared in one of the Star Wars films as well. Uh, I, I'd yes, and it appeared in SG-1 yes, yeah. as well. So yeah, so it's like, that's, that is, a, that is a definitely a very uh, cool thing. Uh, anything else to, you'd like to add in, or you think that you know, we've, we've gone on a lot, you've, you've got it all off I- your chest? Off no, your boobies. Off my boobies. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I, I like intelligent shows like this. I think just the fact that we can dedicate, you know, the amount of time that we've dedicated to talking about this stuff and sort of tearing it apart, whether we agree or disagree or see things the same way, it doesn't matter. It creates a discussion and a conversation, which is very interesting. And, and, I, and I feel like it's a shame that, that, you know, intelligence shows are the ones that get taken off the air. <laughs> yeah. um, y- you know, it, it, and others don't. There, I've said it. Uh, jo- Jonathan, your 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 uh, final words on uh, Firefly Serenity. And to to piggyback what she just said, um, off of what she just said, how do we live in a world where we have America's next top model still running? <laughs> <laughs> give me Serenity, or give me death. <laughs> oh, oh. Boobies. That's why. See, that's the difference. Oh yeah, that's you're the right. difference, John. Is boobies. Yeah. Trump's uh, uh-huh. uh, philosophy, Trump's hate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything, anything else other than that? Other than obviously the you know the outrage that you know it got canceled so fast. Oh, and then I stole your line. I said, "Give me serenity or give me death." Okay, all right, all right, uh, Edward. I have to skirt very carefully around. If you're if you're talking about you know what universe do we live in where um, uh, what, the Kardashians are on? Well, reality TV pretty much trumps a lot of, you know, gets yeah. better Basketball ratings nowadays wives. than shows like this. Uh, my wife is a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Now that's a good show. <laughs> that's a- huge fan. <laughs> and, you know, like, granted, like, the stuff that we, that we as fanboys watch isn't, um, you know, isn't for everyone. I understand that, you know. Um, because something like this is... Again, it, like when I think of Wash, uh, the tears just like they're they're on the inside. They really are on the inside. Um, when characters are so visceral, and even after you turn off your TV, computer, or whatever hell you're watching this show on, once it's off, and yet the memory of these people are still like in your in your heart, and you're still crying about it. 
I don't know what I really don't know. It's a testament to the craft of the show. Yeah, I just really don't it's know what to think anymore. Like this is, know. and this is why um, this particular uh, property, um, Firefly Serenity, is just so. Um, it, it had it has such a special place in my heart for it. Um, now, um, what does it bring out of me? It brings uh, emotions of happiness, joy, sadness. It's it's, it's it's the the space battles were very again again I I will never forget that time, just jumping on my feet, and uh, Serenity is flanked by an armada of reavers, and I yelled at the top of my lung. There were very few shows and movies that um, that you know. that that, uh, that visceral were, kind of that were able to get that reaction out of me, and this is just one of them. Um, now, uh, as far as now, this is something that we didn't really get to talk to. Like, what's going to happen in the future? I very much hope that this is in the end. Uh, whether it's with Nathan or not, which, but we do hope that you think he Pope Nathan hope, will continue hope on. He uses some of that castle money to. Yeah, you know, and this is something. Well, this first is, of all, we can't. No, it's not, it would be Nathan Fillion. You know, Joss Whedon has more than enough money, I think, to to and, and backing to give us something. You know, may, maybe we'll get a Netflix something. Well, he did say him. something. Now, now, I don't know. There's this is rumors or r- rumor going but on. But we that, did fall in love with the cast. Netflix? Now, Fo- I mean, they're Fo- going to have to wait, bring the cast. Did Fox say that Firefly will come back, but there's one caveat. This is something that I've been seeing on, on the news feeds uh, for the past month or so. Um, because What's the caveat? The caveat is that it, Joss Whedon would, would be back to, to, to showrun it. You think maybe so? That's just like he doesn't have he doesn't have the time or whatever. He never has the time because I mean, and we <laughs> so joke now, about this all the time because when he was doing Avengers before like before Age of Ultron, they go, "Hi, how you doing?" Um, Hi, thanks, guys. I just want to say thanks. And he's at a con and he's on a big screen and he looks like he just got out of bed. He literally like broke his leg during the making yeah, of Age you know, of Ultron. Like, well, I just so want like, to say uh, thanks so, to yeah, all poor, the fans poor, out poor there. Joss is uh, is you know he he's needed this time to come back and direct anything and do anything. Uh, if I can, uh, you know, uh, wrap up um, the show, and like I said, it was not something wherein I found myself like as a weed knight. My introduction to him was more or less this, and then um, I loved what he did with Astonishing X Men, and the show. It's smart. Uh, the franchise is smart. It's funny. It has underlying themes. He picked such an incredible cast. Um, he he turned so many things that are, you know, for me as a fan of something like Star Wars or Star Trek, turned it on its ear. He both turned the cliches and honored them. These are these are these are great heroes, you know. I mean that whole that whole uh, speech that you know he gives. I aim to misbehave. Is just absolutely one of the great you know moments in 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 film. I think mm, yeah. you know for like mainstream like popcorn type entertainment. It's just it hits all the right notes. But then there are also just all the subtleties about it. They're just you know the great dialogue there's you know the fact that you know production design there's all this like again i, I always get a kick of just something as simple as like that um that wash ba- that wash basin slash um toilet that you know mal's got in his room that like kind of like goes into the wall and comes out <laughs> you know um the costuming on the show which is so evocative of all the characters mm-hmm. you can see who they are just from oh yeah this is how this character yeah. dresses you know um, and, you know, the relationships, the action, 
that he was honoring sci-fi and westerns at the same time with everything. And these are, you know, it had the primary thing that good entertainment had. You wanted to spend more time with these characters. You wanted to spend more time in that world. And, you know, he pulled it off. Unfortunately, you know, it was just, you know, too beautiful for this world. Fox! (laughs) Too beautiful for this world. Uh, But has given us something that, without a doubt, is worthy, as Anna said, of discussion, uh, worthy of being watched. If, you know, unfortunately, this was a spoiler discussion. We talked about it. you know, basically the whole nine yards of the show. But, you know, if anyone's out there... I mean, it came out in 2001, I mean... Yeah, probably. people have had the chat. If you haven't, wa- <laughs> if you haven't watched it, though, and you're listening to this, please g- go out and watch it. If you think, like, I don't know... Maybe, like, again, I was in that. I was in that. It was like, the guy who did Buffy and Angel, like, I'd yeah. given Angel and Buffy their shots, and they were not for me. It's odd, but that is the one thing, his most famous and maybe most beloved thing he ever did. I'm totally cool too. I'm like I don't really care. Same here. Yeah. But here is here is a series that wow, it just hits all the right notes. So, um that is all we really have to say about uh Joss Whedon's uh, Firefly slash Serenity. Go out and check it out yourself. No, hold on, hold on. I wrote something. Okay, what did no, you I'm write? Kidding. No, <laughs> shut the hell up. Uh, we want to thank, uh, as always, Jonathan Vergara, Pancake Studios, for allowing us the use of his facilities. I just want to thank uh, oh, our special guest, Anna. Exactly. Anna Grandma Stanimir, who's all the way out My in pleasure, France, guys. Anissi, France. Anissi, France. That's uh, called, uh, uh, I believe, didn't we call it the... the, the uh, <laughs> The Venice of the Alps. The Venice of the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> the Venice of the Alps. There you go. <laughs> uh, always fun to have her uh, uh, to have her around and have passionate fans uh, to to partake. And always, and yes, I know I'm saying this facetiously, but boobies. Boobies. Uh, and by that I mean Anna. It is always good to have someone who is an, who is an informed fan uh, and and bring some you know estrogen into this sausage fest. Because it is just uh, well, you know, this... it is sometimes hard to find uh, uh, you know uh, a female voice about this sort of stuff, you know. And, th- and you know, this is the perfect subject matter to really get into, especially again, Joss Whedon, known for female feminist, characters. a feminist writer. I don't care what you feminists out there think of him, but he is very much when you have a, a writer like him, a producer, director, and he's putting out. He makes a point to have female characters. Strong female characters. Who, beyond just strong, He's doing they're, bad just, girl. they're just well-rounded characters. They're characters. That's the main they're point. Real. They're not, he's not just, here's the female character, and here are the boxes I have to tick off. Mm-hmm. It's, here's a character. She has an inner life of her own. Two broke girls are not characters. These <laughs> are characters. It's, 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 you know, if I, say, if I can say this, for, for a male writer, he writes women very, very well. And I'm not trying to, I don't know if any of you have seen As Good As It Gets, but there's oh, this yeah. great scene in As Good As It Gets where you know, the, oh, the, the, the secretary yes. goes to Nick Jack Nicholson and says, how do you write women so well? And he says, I take away <laughs> reasoning <laughs> and accountability. It's not any kind of comment like that, you know. Yes, no, he, I think of a man. Very, very well. <laughs> <laughs> and I take away reason and accountability. But, but we, 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 we thank you, Anna, for coming on the show and holding us accountable. Thank you, guys. uh, Thank you for having uh, me on. Always a pleasure. uh, We don't have a precise plan of what our next show is. Uh, Hopefully, it might be Farscape, if not. (laughs) Hey, if you guys want to do Walking Dead, and you know, I can take a day off finally. Carl. (laughs) You know, Ed can fight. I can go out and fight an Amish guy. How's Um, how's the ship? How's how's the ship? How's the ship? Do you remember? Do do you remember the last words that? that, uh, 
<laughs> That's a great zombie sound. That's a great zombie sound. How's how's the ship? She's, well, and I think she she'll fly. She'll fly. She, she, she'll fly true. She'll fly true. She's she's damaged, of course. That Zoe talking about she's herself. hurting. She, she'll. That's Zoe talking about herself and right. Firefly. So to all of you out there who have listened to us ramble on as we have for the last ten minutes here, we're gonna try to end this up. Uh, I am Miguel Alejandro Velez, and I'm Edward Ng. And as Troy Nabed from Community would say, Firefly, we're bringing we're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Rolling Press, a Brooklyn-based eco-friendly printing business. If you're looking to print your books, magazines, zines, or in comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing, go to Rolling Press. Uh, go to rollingpress.com. Go ahead and get your stuff printed there. They're, they've been really great at uh, helping us out and sponsoring, and they did our business cards. And we're very thankful for them. Also, Pancake Studios. Without Pancake Studios, TBC would not exist. And we are very grateful and thankful for uh, Jonathan Vergara and his studio here at Pancakes. If you are a musician, if you're looking to start your own podcast, book your appointment now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.